Welcome to episode seven of Chasing Life podcast, May 15th, 2023. Big week. Was a, Yeah, we actually have some substantial looking things that happened. Some decent structures going up. And the weather was nice this week. Mm. Yeah, it was really nice. It made uh, week two of no screen time with Hudson a lot easier. Yeah. So. About a half hour in two weeks. Yeah, um, with us that we know of. That's yeah. not to say that he isn't watching TV at daycare, maybe, when they have quiet time in the afternoon when all the little babies are sleeping. The sitter usually puts a show or a movie on for the older kids to sit quietly and watch. And I'm okay with that. Like, she's got to use that to manage the other kids being quiet so that the little ones can sleep. So that's okay with me. I just don't know what that looks like. I don't know how much time. That is, but Hudson says he he often talks about Blippy. So we stopped watching Blippy here about a year or so ago. But he talks about Blippy at the babysitter's place. So he brought up Peppa Pig. Oh, good. When we went to buy concrete. Yeah. Because Daddy Pig is an expert in concrete. Oh, <laughs> well, that's right. <laughs> Daddy Pig's a bit of an expert. So yeah. that's. I mean, the the good weather has made it easier to be out. Like we are out from sun up to sundown yeah they're getting for sure five hours easy oh god often way more at least yeah. we had five hours before lunchtime the other day <laughs> man we had breakfast at six thirty or seven o'clock in the morning outside on saturday yeah. that's right we ate outside on saturday just to stop the, the infighting yeah man they I chill think... right out as soon as you like shoes on out the door yeah done yeah. So I think we talked about it last time that we're in a pretty tough season with the boys. Like they're, they're fighting a lot when they, when they're in the house, they're fighting. I mean, when they're outside, they're fighting, but they're so banged up like bumps and bruises. And they both nursed black eyes in the last week. Like both of them had a black eye. They keep running the gator through bushes. Oh, Bo keeps running the gator through bushes. Yeah. Bo almost ran the gator out onto the highway today. So... (laughs) We have a little electric gator that they rip around on. It'd be yeah. easier when we have a real gator, but... I don't know about that. Man, if Hudson learns how to drive that thing... I don't think he's tall enough. Well, you know what's going to happen. One's going to be working <laughs> the pedals. One's going to be working the steering wheel. Off they go. Yeah. I mean, it's fun to watch Bo try to figure it out. He still can't figure it reverse. Yeah. Bree gets... was, was watching him rip around on it. I'm like, he can't get reverse. He ran into the propane tank. Yeah. He gets out, pushes it back. Yeah. Off he goes again. She's like, wow. He gets it stuck and then because he doesn't know how to reverse it, he just pushes it backwards. But these little like 25 pound kids pushing this little electric gator around. It's not easy to push. No. He's pretty, he's pretty strong. Yep. He's very strong. So we were outside for three hours before noon today. We were out for a good long time this morning. A couple more this afternoon. I um, got some old shitty hay burned. We have all that moldy hay stacked up that we need to get rid of. So And somebody likes burning stuff. Well, and it wasn't windy. Yeah. Today wasn't windy. So there are there are very few days where it isn't windy out here that it was a good day to yeah. to light a fire and get some stuff burned yeah. up. So the grass is relatively green still, so it's not yeah. like it's it's dry. We haven't had rain in a while, but Yeah. I don't want to bring on rain to ease your mind, I soaked the the fire pit all around before I started the fire because I knew I was going to be at it for a while and I had the fire hose right there or not the fire hose like the the garden hose hose. hose. (laughs) I'm always 
like nuts about fire. I know. That's why I did it while you weren't home. <laughs> that's why you always do it when I'm not home. And when you asked, I was like, I know she's going to burn stuff. I, oh, about the skids. Yeah. yeah. We had some some skids piled up and I just asked yes, if they were burn them. if I if they were scrapped so <clears throat> got the fire going yeah burn some things yeah just some yard tidy sometimes it's the best way to manage some of that stuff like we talked about having to burn up all those fence posts I I'm less apt to do that by myself because there's the length of them is yeah we got to cut them up yeah they need get to the chainsaw serviced and get them all cut up into pieces and stack yeah. them over there you should just buy a new one <laughs> the chainsaw is perfectly good it's small is the only thing mm-hmm. it's not i thought you said it was a good size it's it's a good size for just oh, cutting sh- some limbs <laughs> yeah where's my hot button oh. <laughs> it's okay size for cutting up limbs and stuff but it's not like if you're doing much more than that it's that one's a little bit small if you're cutting up pallets or even those posts that that chainsaw is fine mm-hmm. i just lost a bar nut, so i have to go get a new one and get it all back on i should get some it's taking the uh, the chains in to get sharpened too. They have a chain. Maybe you can do that when you go to pick up our gator. Yeah, I I actually I've been done most of that servicing at Hyde Park Equipment, not at Huron Tractor. Hmm. Huron Tractor also is a steel dealer, so maybe I'll just maybe I'll see if Kyle will give me a sweet discount on a, on a new chainsaw with Kyle. Him. Pushing them. He said it should be in today or tomorrow, and then it's going to be in about another week is what he told us. So we got the hard parts of a cow shelter built on the weekend. Yep. On Thursday, we dug post holes. Our post hole auger is six inches and we need a 12 inch hole. So it was slugging some deep clay. Yeah. With a post hole. Like I kind of joked that hole. we were digging out cement in order to make room to pour new cement. Because by the time you... And I can't... I can't take any credit for digging those holes. You dug all those holes. I mean, I supervised the... <laughs> You and Ruby. The auger. Yeah, and Ruby. She was so curious. She kept poking her head through the fence boards to watch you. Oh, she was chewing on my sh- on my boot the one when I was, because uh, I had my foot like right at the fence line when I was yeah. digging the one hole and she's chewing at my boot. She's and... so curious. And like everything that's going on, like you had the scaffolding out there and she was wrapping her tongue around it and she got into the other pasture and was so curious about the broiler hens out in the tractor out there. Yeah. She's... Well, she's a bit mischievous. We're going to have to watch her, especially when the calf comes. Like she'll, I'm, I'm picturing her being even more mischievous when the, the cat, the calf is here. I don't but know. Maybe she chills out. Maybe. Like a lot of like dogs will chill. Yeah. But we'll see. Who knows? So I, uh, yeah, I can't take any credit for helping with those posts, yeah, but Thursday we dug the post holes. We were trying, we wanted to get them set Thursday, but it wasn't in the cards. So we get them. We got the post holes dug. Luckily, the the only nice part about clay is the hole stays. Yeah. So wasn't wasn't really uh, worried about the the hole collapsing in it. And then Friday, I came home a little bit early, and we managed to set the posts. Four bags of cement in each one. Yeah, there's lots of cement underneath of there. That's not going anywhere. Yeah. Don't say that. Don't jinx us. <laughs> They're and down then, four uh, feet, and then you know a buffer of concrete all the way around. Yeah. So we have to make decisions based on the wind where we live because it it does kick up pretty fiercely at times um we lost a greenhouse once (laughs) so i mean that's part of the reason why we're building the shelter is to be a windbreak for ruby and the calf in the winter time um and i'm sure during the summer months too like shade yeah shade in the summer but but the wind too in the summertime like that gets to be a lot like i i I would like for her to have the option to get out of the wind if it's a hot windy day you know yeah so i built 
we put the post in Friday, and Friday I also went to the lumber store and bought a bunch of lumber um, to get everything framed up. And my dad came out on on Saturday because my dad's a pretty good ground man. I was up working on the thing. Has my one thing I've discovered is more and more my dad does not like heights. Mm. He's okay on like a good like you know a couple of feet up on a six foot ladder if you're inside, even tall ceilings like eleven foot ceilings. He's okay painting the top of that. That's not a problem, but. He was not happy about being up because, well, the posts are um, well, 10 feet and 12 feet on the other side. Mm-hmm. So you're up a, I mean, you're eight feet off the ground before you're at the top of the post. But he volunteered to be here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you got to bring more ladders. I'm like, I have a ladder. I have the scaffold. The scaffold's high enough that we'll be able to work on it. And yeah, like just being on the scaffold with like he would climb up it and the whole thing just shook the whole mm-hmm. time. And it wasn't because it was unstable. Until he got up and then put his hand on something, it yeah. was, everything was shaking. Like his That's knees scary. were shaking. Yeah. Um, did you end up trimming off the end of those posts? Yeah. The two posts on the east side, so the close side. Yeah. Um, they ended up being just like eight or nine inches. But because the ground's unlevel, when, we put, when we've got everything going, we put a board up just to see what level was. We did the low side first because we wanted two feet slope on the other side. So we put the low one on and we matched basically the lowest pole. Mm-hmm. So I had to cut the one side off and put the high side on and then like actually shot a line across, found that, went up the distance that we wanted for the offset, found that on the low and actually we were like two inches short on the lower pole on the high side. So we used the top of that to put another line across and cut that. A off. simple yes would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> I like, to, I like to describe things. Yeah. So it makes it that, hard. Like when, you know, if you're just listening, like and having to picture what we're building, yeah. like. So basically it's four posts. We've got two cross beams, one on, one on the high side, one on the low side, and then rafters across the top of it. And then we had to set purlins, which is just basically one by six that goes the width of the shelter so that we can attach the roof steel to it. So, and it's just one pitch roof. Like it's just one yeah. slope. Like yeah, there's, there's yeah. not, there's, yeah, no, there's no peak. peak. Yeah. yeah. Um, the idea being it doesn't need to be multiple peak. Then you have to start getting into like trusses and whatnot. So this is like, it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll close in one side completely, part of two sides. We're going to put sliding doors on that. We're going to reuse some bar, some yeah. stall doors. Yeah. we. You had the idea while we were kind of like cleaning things up and moving stuff. You're like, we could use this door. I'm like, yeah, there's another one back there and we need two. So perfect. So we'll figure out how to get those hung back up to be, because what we want to do, what we've done is we've got two, two, generally two pastures, about the same size or like three quarter of an acre. We built the shelter in the middle of it with a fence going to it. So basically fences up to three sides and then we'll have a door on either side so she can get into one pasture or the other. So you lead her in. So it kind of allows us to use a shelter for two separate pastures so we can rotate pasture and not have to have two shelters was the idea. Two pastures, one shelter. And then I had the idea of being able to run electric fence to divide, to further divide on an angle to into each pasture into two triangles. So we'd actually have four separate pastures. So mm-hmm. we might look at doing that at some point, depending on how her and the calf do. Yeah. Um, we've got that option, which, and we can still do that. So the angle would go up to the shelter. So we can still have one shelter and four pastures. It would just go up to the corner. So to yeah. Speak. Yeah. So, um, that's a great segue into our pasture conversation with our mentor, Mike swung by last week tuesday night we were out looking at the pasture anyway yeah, we were it's actually really... we were actually way out in the back field and we're yeah. like whose truck's that yeah we um we're just kind of looking to see how it had filled in because at the end of the season last year um we had we had mowed down our second cut of hay so our neighbor um historically 
bought our hay from us. And at the beginning of the year last year, we told him that we were going to be keeping our nine acres of hay for ourselves because we were working on getting a cow. And I think he was a little bit salty about that because he had just fertilized and, um, Maybe we'll circle back to why he, why the other reason might have been that he was so salty. Um, but so he took first cut quite late and then we didn't get any rain. And then there was basically nothing for him for second cut. So what we ended up doing was taking second cut and just mowing it down and essentially um, just using it as seed because the red clover had gone to seed the... Um, fescue had gone to seed the alfalfa had gone to seed so it was just a really great low cost way for us to you know spread that seed across the pasture in hopes that we um could seed it a little bit without having to go through the process of you know buying seed finding a way to spread it we just mowed it so we wanted to go back and have a look and see how everything was coming up and it looked great after a month of rain yeah it looks so lush like it's really full there's there's not a lot of bare spots i mean we'll see what it looks like when we um when we cut it and, and bale it but it looks um to me it looks a lot more filled in and maybe that's just my you know my perception has changed because i'm looking at that field a lot differently than i have in years past um so we were out kind of wandering around the pasture and, and Mike popped in and he came with his son, Cade, which was really interesting because Cade is, uh, you know, if Mike is intuitive, Cade is also, I think he, he got that from his dad as well. So we were just kind of talking about how much hay we could expect to get out of the back. And I think that was a great conversation to have because you had been feeling like maybe we weren't going to have enough hay to overwinter Ruby and a calf. Like yeah. to, to feed both of them for the winter time. So kind of based on what Ruby's been eating up until now, up until we put her on pasture and kind of looking ahead and, and what, how big that field is, they figure that we're going to end up with 1100 bales yeah. of hay out of that nine acres for first cut and then half that much again for second cut. Yeah. So we should have plenty. And he gave us some tips. One thing I never thought, I'm like, you just mow it all over and rake it and bale it and he's going you guys are gonna have a hard time moving this stuff yeah so as i said like i'm going well we'll figure it out we'll get it done like we'll get it all bailed and like we might lose a little or whatever and he said just don't cut it all yeah just do half. which was like it's the obvious answer not staring you in the face but i think you need to just give yourself a little bit of grace for not thinking of that beforehand because you were thinking that we weren't going to have enough so yeah. mowing half the pasture didn't occur to you because you in your mind like that would be taking half as much hay yeah. but having the the reassurance that no 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 we're gonna have probably twice as much hay than we need then it makes sense to only mow half and and further it makes sense to to mow the west half of the pasture because the east half of the pasture no vice versa it makes sense to mow the east half, not the west half, because the east half is high and dry, where the west half is a little bit lower and to get a little boggy. it's got some boggy spots in it. And so, I mean, if we don't have to mow that, or if we don't have to take that down or we can avoid it, then that's happy days, right? Yeah. I think if the weather's okay and that's not super marshy, I think we should 
bail it anyways because yeah. we've got a couple of friends who would be interested in probably using some of it. I th- and I think, um, I don't know if I shared this with you, one of our members who is a dairy farmer said that they're um, predicting a dry season. So people are going to be looking for hay by yeah. the end of the year. So, yeah. I mean, if we've got some to sell, if we have our animals taken care of and we've got some to sell, then, you know, that might be an opportunity to monetize this property. <laughs> Slow down. That and YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> we're not on YouTube. Well, no. Mike, Mike thinks that we should put a video camera back there as we're doing it because he, think he thinks it's going to be comical. I don't know how to, how to uh, take that. <laughs> Are we entertaining to you, Mike? <laughs> I, think, I think from a traditional farm perspective, stuff that we're doing seems out of the ordinary, even to somebody like Mike and Kate who are kind of... They're a little bit free thinkers. Like they're doing things a little different than a lot of the conventional. They approach things slightly differently. Not that they're. I think you make different decisions when you have one yeah, oh yeah. cow, yeah. one head of cattle versus, you know, even 60, 70, hundreds. Once I said about putting her inside at night and whatnot, and Kate's just like, whatever. Yeah. But let's be honest. The reason why we put her inside at nighttime is so that I can watch her on the <laughs> the monitor. <laughs> so many people have asked me, like, well, like, what do you do at night? I'm like, we basically have a baby monitor. <laughs> we have a camera in the stall that watches it and sure goes to bed with an iPad with a live stream of the barn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to apologize. No, you, know, you shouldn't. You do you. Yeah. Um, it's funny when I'm like just drifting off to sleep and you can, cause there's audio, you can hear kind of like kicking around a little bit. Sometimes you hear yeah. like a harumph. So the reason why I have the audio turned up is because I want, if she starts laboring, I want her mooing to wake me up. Yeah. I, I get it. I, yeah. I'm not, I a hundred percent understand. I just, yeah. yeah. You just don't want to wake up and there be a calf. Correct. Like yeah. you're going to start not, not leaving. It's, yep, it's getting to that point. I said tomorrow. Yeah. We I record, we'll we record Mondays. Last week I said, I think it's going to be Tuesday. For so, no reason than just like, I think it's going to be Tuesday. Like, yeah. I don't know. She's full of milk. Like all yeah. four quadrants have milk in them. But the poor girl, like <laughs> she's getting eaten alive out there. Like I was just checking her over and she's got bug bites all over her udder. And Mosquitoes have gotten bad. I quick. feel so bad for her. Like it was like last week there was nothing, and all of a sudden this week it's they're they're out there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, bringing her in helps with that usually. Yeah, um, Cade also predicted that she's going to have a bull calf. Yes, he has. I think it's a little bit like doulas and midwives with with, with people. I they like everybody has. Like, it's an old wives' tales about like well this that or the other, and I think that like. He's got some of that. Now, apparently his I record's think, really good. I think that doulas and midwives were, were um, like withhold their oh, predictions I, and judgments, yeah. right? But I think, yeah, you're right. They could have a, you know, they've seen enough that they, they see patterns in They have their births. old wives' tales and it's yeah. like, well, if the baby's this or if the, if mm-hmm. the belly looks like this or the lady's, you know, temperature is this, like there's all sorts of. So I asked Caden, I said, well. You've got a 50-50 shot of being right. And Mike said, like, he's only ever been wrong twice. And the two times that he was wrong, the first time was twins. So that threw him off. And the second time, it was an embryo transfer. Not so her, Not her baby. Not her baby that was inside her body. So those two 
instances through Kadoff, and so he gets a he gets a pass on those, I guess. But apparently, other every other time he's been pretty spot on. So I said, well, okay, so <laughs> like I'll bite. Why? <laughs> Why do you think it's a bull? And then he says, well, just like the way that her her hair is sitting on her tail and the way her mucus looks, and I was like, okay. This is so beyond, and I had a a visual of like, you know, like that um, scene in Ace Ventura when he yeah, sniffs the guano. Yeah. That's how I imagined Kate. Like, does it with the grass? Like, yeah. the grass too. Right? Like, <laughs> That's how I imagined Kate predicting the the gender of our calf. So we'll see soon enough. He did have a bit of a slapstick quality, don't no? Yeah, like old farm kid, like just. I mean, not that he's a kid. Yes, he's went probably 20 20, 25 or so. But So that was fun. We had the shelter built before we even started on the shelter. Oh, we moved the duck house. We put a quick little half door in the duck house and Sherry was counterweight on the back of the tractor because the duck house was heavy. And I, we picked that up and moved it over to where the pond is, where the duck comb is eventually going to be. And we ran... The electric netting fence. And that, I think that stretched further around the pond than you had thought that it would. Yeah. I was... We still had to run a couple um, posts of electric fence to kind of bridge the gap between the electric netting and the duck house. Not that any of it's doing any good right now. I, it's so weird. Like that electric <laughs> netting, like I got poked twice by it. I but didn't even think it was care. on and I grabbed it. And the boys were out there and they were playing with it. Like they were two hands holding it and shaking it. I, like, I don't, I don't know. Who knows? But not, not only that, like there was some areas where the ducks just like fit right through. Oh yeah. They just ran right They're through the small. holes. They're, They're too, too small for that. Yeah. So. so over there hanging out in the duck house, you've got a little playpen wrap for them so they can get outside for that a That was a bit nerve wracking because I had put them <laughs> in, like we call these little plastic, um, like pens that we have, we call them playpens. So I had taken the playpen out into the pond area where we're going to put the ducks and I had put half of the playpen and it's just like a, a box like it's four like a, sides yeah it's like a two foot square fence kind of thing and I had put half of it in the water and half of it on the shore so that they could like practice playing around in the pond and like see how they would react to the pond water first and they take to it pretty well yeah, yeah. They, they were it. like they loved it they were splashing around they were eating the algae they were kind of like diving as much as they could in the water and then kind of up on the shore so last night i had the bright idea to take the playpen away and let them have free reign of the pond which quickly turned into I don't know who scared chasing, the ducks, whether it was ducks. me or the boys that scared the ducks because the boys were in there with me and the ducks ran through the holes in the fence. I want to paint a word picture for you here. So here's these nine little ducklings ripping around in the field. Me like going <laughs> like panic mode because I don't know where they're going to go. Like I'd like to think that they're not going to go too far, but they didn't. But... Then Hudson going, the ducks are out. The ducks are out. Like. Hudson's chasing run- them the wrong way. Hudson's chasing them the wrong way. I'm trying to like, corral them. Like pure comedy. I tried to take a video, but I didn't get a good clip. Yeah. It was... Um, By the time I got my phone out and everything, you kind of had them like mostly back inside. Yeah, so. Our neighbors must think that we are just absolutely batshit crazy. Yep. So for now, the ducks are just going to hang out in the duck house, which is our old chicken coop. Um 
and the playpen. And we'll just kind of go back to the... Until they get a little bigger. Yeah. They're out of the kitchen at least. They're out of the kitchen. They were getting too big for that bin. So we we moved them on up to the east side. It actually is actually, the east, east side. side. <laughs> it is. <laughs> to a deluxe apartment in the sky. Um, so yeah, they'll just stay out there just a little bit longer. I said it would be easier if we had an adult duck to kind of like mentor them and show them how to behave, but... I have throwbacks to you and me and the girls when they were younger going to the market and you'd be like, come on little ducks. And they'd yeah. all like quack along behind you. Like, yeah. I don't think that these ducks are going to be as like cuddly and friendly as I want them to be. They seem to be really scared of me. Yeah, me too. I thought it was just me when I, I, no. I put them in tonight because I knew it was going to be dark by the time we were done. I just don't have time to sit and cuddle with nine ducks the way I'd like to. No, not like some chickens that we've experienced. Yeah. <laughs> What what did she name the one? Sea surface. Sisyphus. No, sea surface, like the surface of the sea. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And of course, she's got a little lisp, so. Yeah. I thought it was Sisyphus, too, because yeah. Archer told me that it was. So we went to our friend Erica's house to do a little bit of a chicken swap because the, the seven... Ch- chickens. chickens that we brought over there four of them happen to be roosters and they're starting to practice their crow a little bit which they so, can't have around yeah we wanted to get them out of there before it alerted the neighbors so we um we took the chickens out we took the roosters out and brought what we hope are three little hens over and tried to integrate them i should touch base with her and yeah. see how they're doing today i was thinking that while i was out there with the roosters because we have the same problem here now. I've got four fairly mature roosters. Like they're they're starting to crow, so they're getting up there. Yeah. And I have what I think is three small roosters. We that figure are, they're about six weeks yeah. difference between those two sets of so they're birds. A fair bit smaller. So I've, right now, because we have these the coupe de ville, what I did was just disconnect the door, so the three little ones are inside, which is way more space than they ever need. Mm-hmm. And then the three, the four older boys are in the outside because they're a little more mature. And can you just put them. food and water out there for them? I got food and water out there for them. Yeah. So they've got their little area. There is clearly one. You can go see him. He's the bigger one. Just now when I was in there, he was attacking my foot. Yeah. So I grabbed him and pinned him down just to show him who's boss. Did you boss. sit on him? Not exactly, but close. <laughs> so I was trying to show him who's boss. Not that, not that it matters too much. I don't think that they're going to be... No, you around. just don't want them getting too aggressive, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he's, they get another, I don't know, month or so. So while we were there, we got to see um, Erica's kids interacting with the chickens. And I don't know six chickens that have ever been more loved. <laughs> they all have names. Yep. Linda, Sea Surface, Ruby. What was the new one? What did they name the new one? Puffball or something? Mm. The brown one, the little brown one. Puffy, puffball, I don't know, no. something. And then the two white ones, pom pom. Pom pom. Pom They named the brown one pom pom. Um, and then the two white ones, I don't think, by the time we left, they hadn't named them yet because they were being a little bit shy. Well, yeah, we were keeping them safe inside because chickens take some, are racist. Take some time to integrate. Well, and chickens are racist. So the brown, the hens that were already there were brown. We brought two white hens and a brown hen and the hens that were there seemed to be okay with the new little brown hen but as soon as the little white hen went out into the yard they chased after her yeah so we closed the door on that just one too because those two they, they, they just look so much different well, than and they're, and they're they're half the size almost yeah 
So when I walked in uh, with a crate with the new ones in it, I looked at the oldest. I was like, wow. I, Archer was in there with them. I'm like, wow, these guys are big. They've really grown. Yeah. So. My, like our meat birds. Every time I go out there, like I said it before when we did the last round last, last fall, but like, it's like almost every morning when I go out and look at them, I'm like, wow, they are like almost noticeably bigger every mm-hmm. single day. And they're doing so well out on the pasture. Yeah. They look so good. Yep. They're so healthy. We were concerned that it was going to be a little bit too cold for them. So we let a little, we left a little crate in the, the outdoor tractor for them so that they could cuddle up in it all together. And they seem to be doing really well. Like they, yep. they're happy and they're not eating as much grain, which is nice. Cause that tells us that they're, do, they're, they're grazing, foraging, yeah. they're foraging, they're grazing. And so we move them every day, bit by bit so that they can forage over top of the pasture that Ruby's already been on. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see, like I think we've said this before, but it'll be interesting to do a side-by-side comparison when we're ready to butcher them, how the meat tastes versus the last batch of broilers that we did. Yeah. They were all inside on feed the whole time. Mm-hmm. So these ones have been out on grass and sunshine for the last, what, two weeks? Yeah, they were, well, we had to harden them off a little bit. They were, they were only about four weeks old when we kind of moved them out there. Mm-hmm. We They had been outside a bunch before that when they were real small, but they were too small to be out there full time. Mm-hmm. And the weather was still pretty cold. And we finally opened up the layer coop so that they could kind yeah. of go outside and do some adventuring. They but don't. they're very apprehensive. I noticed that a few of them were outside today. So yeah. I'm really hoping that the fresh air, sunshine, pasture helps them heal a little bit because they were pretty beat up from Hudson. He was pretty hard on them. I did notice they don't lay Hudson eggs. the rooster, not yeah. Hudson the They boy. don't lay eggs in the corners of the coop anymore. All of the eggs, like they're not laying many eggs. We're only getting four or six, uh, like yeah, three, three to six eggs most days, which is way too little. Which shows Out of 15 healthy. birds, yeah. Um, they, um, they've been laying them all in the little nesting box. Oh, good. That's interesting. It's just like a weird change where now there's none in the, in the corners. I don't know if it was like one of them was kind of like put off in the corner constantly because mm. there would often be two or three eggs over in the corner and yeah. a couple in the nesting box. So because Hudson, the rooster's spurs were getting so long, he was actually damaging some of the hens when he was mounting them to do rooster things. So that was another run of the reasons why we, we butchered him because he was kind of damaging some of the hens and I just and don't know. Yeah. I just don't know if they're going to be able to recuperate. And so we've got, we might have a decision to make in the next little while, because if we want to replace that flock, then we're just going to replace them with some ready to lay birds and we'd have to get those ordered soon. So yeah, we need to, we just need to do that. We yeah. won't be able to replace them. We won't be able to hatch our own replace them fast enough. No, we haven't quite gotten the, the rhythm of that down. Well, and part of the problem, I mean, we've said this so many times, the part of the problem with incubating your own eggs from your flock is that you end up with too many roosters and we're going to end up with too many roosters in too many different stages that we're not going to have anywhere to put them. So yeah. we're going to have to just bite the bullet and get some ready to lay birds so that we can kind of reinvigorate our flock for the summer months get a new new batch going into the fall i think it's a good idea and to be honest with you i know getting ready to lays they're not feeding them the quality feed that we would but i think the trade-off is worth it we can't feed them for that cheap no the difference between the three dollars and seventeen dollars is yeah just we can't we can't feed them for five or six months well and the time right like we need to replace that flock now we need to have eggs now we can't be waiting five months for them to mature and start laying eggs yep so that's that 
And then yesterday. Mother's we, Day. Yesterday we moved. Hold on. Yesterday I slept in until 8.30. I got a text as I was finishing off breakfast. So I brought the boys out to do chores and the whole bit. I got a text from you as I was. Because I didn't want to ruin your plans. So Would have been a I was up at 1.30, 4.50, 4.45, 4.45. Like three or four times throughout the morning. And at six o'clock, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to get up with Bill and the boys. And then I thought to myself, no, what I really want for Mother's Day is to sleep in. That was what I really wanted most. And I didn't want to come downstairs and be resentful that, that I didn't get that. So I made myself stay in bed. So that's good. I'm glad I did that. And I did some like slow deep breathing to try to turn off my thoughts so that my brain didn't start going because you know what happens once your brain starts going and thinking about all of the things that you have to do and so I kind of calmed myself down and then you I was almost asleep and then you came up to get the boys dressed and then I was almost asleep again and then the dog barked and I was like oh I was getting so frustrated but then I finally I think I maybe got another hour and a half in or so because I I didn't wake up until eight I, I was flipping French toast. Waffles. You made waffles. waffles that's right. I was flipping yeah. waffles. And I did, like, French toast was the I didn't thing. want to ruin your plan. So I didn't want to come downstairs if you were expecting to have to bring breakfast up for me. So that's why I texted you because I wanted to, because I know that Hudson would be really disappointed if his plan was upset, if it was ruined. I, I, I had told him that we were going to bring breakfast up, but I don't think he really. You don't think he cared too much? I don't think much. he cared too much. No. He wasn't into it. He was off coloring and eating waffles that's okay too i just wanted to check in because i could smell breakfast i could smell coffee i could and so i was like i was excited to to see you guys and to see the boys and hudson is such a sweetheart like crawls into bed and said happy mother's day about a million times and reminded me that it was also kids day too (laughs) no it's kids day he tells me isn't that funny that's what he said. Isn't that funny that it's also kids' day? He's been coming up with some real zingers lately. Yeah. What did he say today? He came out of his bedroom with three t-shirts because he was he he's been <laughs> wanting to get dressed by himself today. So he went into his bedroom to pick to pick up his clothes, pick out his clothes, and he comes out with three shirts. I said, Buddy, you got three shirts there. He's like, Yeah, I know. I want to have options. I'm like, so are you going to wear them all at the same time? <laughs> How old are you? Yeah. Oh man. So. Yeah, we had nice breakfast in bed and Olivia wasn't home, but the other two girls were home. And so they came upstairs and we kind of had a big sit-in all together and Hudson told us some jokes. and <laughs> Knock, knock. Yeah. My friend, uh, Jen, who babysat the boys for us a couple weeks ago when we had our weekend away, while she had them, she took them to the local the clay shop and did some cute little handprint tiles. So that was a nice surprise because Hudson had said something about painting his hands. Yeah. But I, I mean, I just he thought tells it, stories. Yeah. I, and I, I figured something, but I had forgotten about it. Like it yeah. did. Cause Jen said, were you surprised or did the boys blow it? And I said, Hudson said something, but it didn't register. And I was totally surprised. So that was really sweet. And the girls got me some fancy pajamas. I got some pink leopard print pajamas. And I think we have a picture of you with your cowboy boots and yeah. pajamas. Yeah, right? yeah. Cause I wore them out to do chores. Yeah. So it was just, well, we'd already done chores. You just wore them out to around yeah it was nice it was just a nice morning it was nice and slow and then we went out to mulberry moon um to take advantage of their plant sale you bought some insurance plants 
I was so angry. Why? Just because I have not had a lot of success with seeds. Yeah. Like I started our stuff a couple, at least a couple of weeks before what they did. And ours are these piddly little like two inch. They've got their, their true leaves, but that's about it. Like, yeah. And then I go, he's like, those are four weeks old and they're massive. Like yeah. they, they're tomato plants. But okay. So he has a wood fired greenhouse that he keeps 22 degrees, 24 seven once he starts those seeds. So now that we have the milk room, that's where we're going to see. I'm going to build a rack to put trays in with lights and we'll keep that room a little warmer. I'm going to. I'm going to, we can like put in decent, like easy to water, bottom water, like the whole nine. Like I also think that you need to start them in bigger containers Yeah, because you don't transplant them as quickly. I think I'm going to try to get those ones. Like they've got the like, what, four inch Mm -hmm. square pots. I think I'm going to try to try to try to do those. Why do you start them in seed trays and then transplant into bigger vessels after? That's what everybody does. I know, but is there a, there a reason? I think a lot of it is for, uh, you can select, right? Like you can start way more, like in the square footage, you can start, when I say square footage, it's not a lot, but like in a tray, you can put like twice as many. And then like, because everybody always, you'll start way more than you're ever going to actually plant, right? Mm-hmm. In general. I mean, Mulder Moon does that and then they sell off what they don't because if you need a hundred, they can't seed a hundred because what happens if you don't get a hundred? Right. They always overseed. Mm-hmm. So then they just sell them. I think the idea there is that you would overseed everything. And if some either don't make it or some are stunted or whatever reason, because I mean, there's always failure. They say like a lot of seed packets, if you read the bottom of the seed packet, it'll say like, oh, we've got 50% here. germination, 61%. Yeah. Here's squash germination, 93%. So the strawberry is not very well. Yeah. Squash 93%. Yeah. We're sitting amongst all of our seed packets laid out over there because we've <laughs> we have a lot of spinach. Yeah, we don't eat spinach. I we we Olivia does, and I yeah. like to add it to salad. Like fresh, like baby spinach is awesome. Like we do, we we eat a it makes my that. teeth feel weird. Yeah, a little bit. That baby kale out there that survived from last year. Yeah, I love those little baby kale sprigs, and Bo just like munches on them. You got a picture of Hudson like. Grabs a handful of it and climbs up on top of the calf hutch and he's like munching away at it. Little it's bugger. So like they don't eat that crap in the house, but when I pick it out of a garden, like yeah. another reason to garden, right? That's like, okay. I'm not going to argue with that. Speaking of that, we should go back and check the, the gardens out back to see if anything's. Yeah. Put some water in it too, I suppose. Um. So yeah, we went to Mulberry Moon. We bought plants for ourselves. We bought plants for your mom for Mother's Day and then we went to visit for coffee. Yep. It's kind of nice to bring her some plants rather than, because we considered buying her flowers. We're like, hmm, your mom's been picking up gardening lately and that was your idea to maybe buy her some plants at Mulberry Moon. So I think that's a good idea. It supports them and I mean, not the least of which our daughter is going to be working there again this summer. So that'll be kind of nice. We actually, we're going to have an abundance of vegetables this year because not only did we start our own seeds and hopefully are successful in transplanting some seedlings, we bought insurance plants, like probably way too much. Uh, I mean, if that's all we have, that's we not 10 enough. tomato plants. Yeah. I want to put in at least, at least 30 tomato plants. Where? A whole 50 foot bed over there. Oh, geez, Louise. Okay. And then we, then we have a CSA from mulberry moon this year they're gonna start putting see there what'd you hear i thought i saw a mouse oh that's possible <laughs> we're in a barn <laughs> um they will have and i said this to when i was talking to alex i said like you guys have to start earlier than we do they put like all of the tomatoes in a greenhouse because mm-hmm. they when you're doing a csa they need to have product long before most people would have yeah it. our first pickup is in a month 
Yeah. So, so I mean, we won't have tomatoes for at least a few weeks after that. And mm -hmm. they just, they, they need to get that start. So they're, they do their tomatoes inside. Cause that's the one that's really like crazy about being inside, but like, yeah, they'll have like broccoli and kale and that type of stuff. Cause that's all more cold crop stuff. I'm excited. The thing I like about CSA, because we, we have had a uh, CSA in the past. So CSA is community supported agriculture and it's usually a weekly pickup, like a weekly yep. box. Um, and in the past when we've had it, I liked it because it, um, it encouraged you to try vegetables that maybe you wouldn't normally, mm -hmm. and then subsequently like trying a new recipe or finding a new way to prepare them. Um, I don't, I like that about CSA. Yeah. It kind of, they put something on you and what do I do with this now? Mm -hmm. And of course every CSA grows like something different too, mm -hmm. which is kind of fun. Like I mean, if you switch it up every once in a while or whatever, but yeah, we like, we prefer malt. Like we, we're partial to Mulberry Moon just because they're right around the corner. I mean, they're what, not 10 minutes away. Yeah. And they employ our kid. Yeah. So, and she guys. loves it. She, she loves working there. You know, I, I think from the perspective of a young person like Olivia was 14 last year when she started working for them it was really good and I think that um young people need adults who aren't their parents in their lives to you know to provide perspective and to be you know a trusted advisor and to hear um like worldly points of view from people who aren't your parents yeah. and so I appreciated the adults that she worked with at Mulberry Moon last year and the young people that she worked with. Cause it seemed like they had a really, really good crew yeah. of both, you know, young teens. And we got to meet them when we went for the harvest party, that, yeah. that nice little barbecue that they had for us at the end of the season. Um, it's just a really great, you know, community values are in line. Just what I'm, I'm looking forward to her going back there again this year and, you know, s strengthening some of those relationships that she started last year. Cause like, you look back on your adolescence and maybe you're not a great example because you just worked for your family business from the dawn of time. But like my adolescence, like my first jobs and those first experiences, those hang out with you. Those are like very formative years. And I can't really think of a better place for Olivia to like, you know, find her, you know, find her maturity and grow and be with people who have their hands in the dirt. Like yeah. we said it before with yeah. like, I, I mean, I said it to a few people like talking about growing food. Mm -hmm. I'm like, as I said, when I was on the phone with Jess today, I'm like, when you grow it, like you waste even less vegetables and stuff when you oh, grow yeah. your own food. When I had, um, like when you know the effort that it takes. Yeah. I had lunch with Jen there yeah. after my experience last year. And, um, it was like, I don't even know how to describe how it's almost like you can feel the food absorbing into your body. Yeah. Like, and, and Olivia kind of experienced this when she was working at Mulberry Moon last year that she said, you know, I harvested the kale that I planted today. Yeah. And so just this sense of ownership and pride in like producing something and being, you know, so involved with the process. I just, I really love it for her. I'm glad that she has the opportunity to, to work there again this summer. I said it so. a lot of things like, uh, well, there was a book a while ago. It was a uh, shop class for soul craft. I can't believe I came up with that. Shop class as soul craft. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was all about exactly that. They're talking about like 
either like woodworking or mechanical mm-hmm. or like metalworking. Just like that that whole like and I think it's lost lately that like having a hobby like that mm-hmm. and doing that type of thing. Like a lot of people get lost to just, you know, watch TV for a couple hours or play video games for a couple hours. Like people don't make stuff much yeah. anymore. Like I wish don't that... get me wrong, there's lots of people doing that, but there's there's it, that used to be the norm. I wish that the girls were more involved with the process of what we're doing out here. I wish that yeah. they were a little bit more bought in to what's happening here because I think they just end up feeling like, you know, they get asked to help with the boys and they're not. So we've been trying to like involve the boys more with us so that the girls don't feel like they're constantly being asked you to try help. plant tomato potatoes with the... Man. What an digging up every potato. Exercise so, and futility. So after all of Sunday and after naps, we tried to plant our first row in the big... Naps should be in quotations. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There wasn't a lot of napping going well, on. Well, we went to Erica's while the boys were That's napping. Right. <laughs> and Hudson came with us. Yeah. So, And when we got back, we moved uh, what, two yards of dirt and uh, topped off all those beds with some of the better soil to help amend what we have in our clay soil. And we put, uh, well, 55 feet of potatoes and onions in. Mm-hmm. So alternating about four or six feet of potatoes with a, about a foot, two feet or so of onions. And then back and forth with like, what, like eight varieties of potatoes. And we tried to involve the boys. We tried to get them to help us plant them. Hudson Law, Hudson stuck around a little bit longer, but Bo just like was helping us find the potatoes after we planted them. <laughs> he was digging everything up. So. Oh, I found one, mommy. <laughs> he handed it to you. Amir. Amir? Amir. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, they're, they undo the work as fast as you can do it. Faster sometimes. Yeah. So, but we've got that in the ground. I picked up two more yards of soil today. So we'll start moving that in the next little bit. We're going to need a lot if we're going to keep doing that. Uh, I figure we're going to be north of 10 yards. Yeah. We just start composting manure a little bit faster. We need more cows. I think uh, I saw... You're just going to let that one hang out, huh? <laughs> we're, ha- we ha- we're having more cows in a minute. In a minute? Any minute now. It's almost Tuesday. Tomorrow. <laughs> Jess said she's going to be here right away. She wants me to call her when Ruby goes? She wants to... Well, right afterwards. Yeah. She said she's going to come over. She's like, yeah, as soon as you have the calf, I'll come over and check everything out. She what is... To... Okay. We talked for like over half an hour. Yeah. She's asking about all sorts of things. Um, I think I've maybe said this before, but like when I think about the people who have inspired me to do what we're doing, Jess and Jenner, right up there with like, just, you know, jumping in the deep end, not asking permission from anybody for anything. Like, yeah, just do what you want to do. Who cares? Life's too short to ask, to, to wait for the right time to do the things that you want to do. So I don't know. We're having so much fun. Like... Yeah, so we had a conversation with Jess today because she found out, or not found out, she knew. Um, she wants to do her own hand. They bought... They have they, 10 acres. She said they bought 50 bales and that's she's oh, got sorry. some left over. Um, yeah, they've got 10 acres, but they're not. That, that's not all good to to to, um, to cut for hay. Um, she, said, she said they got about three acres that were in pasture and she, they've only been using about an acre and a half for Daisy, their cow. So she said she wants to try to bail the acre and a half. And I told her, like, you're going over there tomorrow. So I said, like, you take a look at the grass and see what you think of the back part and everything. Not so, that I'm an expert, no. but, I mean, we have 
I mean, two things. Our back pasture has been cut for hay yeah. for the last, you know. We've got an advantage on eons. that. Um, and like we said, we've got Mike kind of guiding us and, sh- and making recommendations as to what's going to be on that field. Because they, so they have a little Holstein heifer um, that they'll be looking to get bread soon and they'll be doing the same thing they'll be milking her when the time comes um so that'll be nice that we'll have some experience under our belt that when it comes time for them to be milking daisy we can maybe help out a little bit not that we'll be experts by then either but we'll certainly have a little bit more time under our belt that we can share some knowledge with them um so just kind of circling back to why our neighbor is probably so pissed that he's losing hay or that he's not cutting our hay anymore. So we just did a little bit of quick math. And if we can pull 1,500 bales off of two cuts off that backfield at four bucks a bale, which, which is Which is cheap because conservative. four bucks for a square bale and ours are bigger. Yeah. So so let's let's call it six. Let's call, let's call it five. Let's call it five to make the math easy. So 1,500 bales. Times five bucks a bale. $6,000. Our neighbor was buying our hay from us for $600 at the beginning of the season and taking two cuts off of it. He was 10Xing his investment. Now, figure in his operating costs and, you know, cost of fertilizer because he fertilized it, uh, fertilized the He's pasture. He's making a couple grand. Yeah. So He's putting more... The fertilizer was probably his basic big, biggest expense in the whole thing. Sure. And I think he probably had to hire out one of those pieces of equipment. He, the, the, he was the not bailer. bailing it. We had initially been selling it to him for cheap because he had sheep in the barn next door. It took us a couple of year, years to realize that there were no sheep in that barn anymore. And no. so we kind of, you know, yeah. got wise and... No, we didn't stop selling it. Like, it was convenient. It worked no. for us. I wasn't, I'm not upset that he was, like, I don't. Certainly I'm, not. I'm not one to think that he was screwing us. No. It was a deal that we agreed upon. And Absolutely. I have no problem with that. And like, I didn't want to go through the process of getting somebody to bail it and try to sell it. No. Myself. And had that pasture just been left, it wouldn't be in the condition that it's in. No. That's why I say. It's good to maintain it. And yeah. So, no, I, I'm not against it. I, whatever. So, I mean, and to be fair, like. We're not doing it to try to sell it ourselves. No. I mean, we'll probably end up selling some of our hay, but... I, I think we're probably going to end up trading it, mostly. For what? Work. Labor. Hmm. <laughs> if we give her... Glass beads and trinkets? <laughs> <laughs> not quite, but... Um, I think we could trade it for a couple of hard days of labor. Let's... Regardless. To who? For what? Like, just Like, give her hay for coming to help us? Mm-hmm. She says she's, she's interested in coming to help you. Hey, hmm. we're gonna we're gonna need some hands to move some bales. Fair enough. Um, question, uh-huh. question of the week. You ready for that? No. Oh. What is? I always forget. What is one thing that you have learned this week? It takes a lot more concrete than you think to fill that damn hole. <laughs> Yeah. I had eight bags. Our our building consultant originally told me at least two per. So I bought two per, eight bags. That wasn't half full. I had to go back and buy eight more and fill them up. Yeah, it wasn't even. It barely looked like there was anything in those. It wasn't a foot. (laughs) 
in the bottom of those holes. Uh, it probably was. It didn't look like it, but it yeah. probably was. It was definitely not enough concrete. No. So we added two more bags each. So it's four bags in each hole. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of concrete. Which is good. Yes. Yeah. We get a lot of wind. We do. Do you want to know what I learned this week? What did you learn this week? I learned, and maybe this was last week and I just forgot to talk about it. I learned that calves are born with a like gelatinous covering over their hooves so that they don't scrape up mum as they're coming out of the birth canal. It's like the uh, the helmets on the cyclists or the luge people. Yeah, and that it like so it, it covers up like the nail part of the hoof yeah. and then dries up and crumbles off as the calf stands up and starts to walk. <gasps> How cool is that? It's pretty fun. Nature's it's creepy looking. You showed me the video. It's kind, of, it's kind of gross. It is. But I mean, how, like, nature is so intelligent. So smart. You can't ruin mom on the way out. No. I just, I, you know, and I had thought about that. Like, I had considered that that would be painful, detrimental, dangerous, whatever. But I hadn't considered that nature had a solution yeah that they're the, the <laughs> hooves are sealed as the calf comes out it's like all these little things that you're just kind of learning along the way you're like wow that's really neat now you have to find that video so you can take a screenshot and i can put it in the show notes oh yeah i will i was also trying to think of a way that we can put that on so like it, it on the blog page so that people can go there and see them rather than just embedded in the mp3 file i have no idea what you just said you so, don't have to explain it. So it's you know fine. how I put the, like, now the, the album art changes as you listen to the show on certain podcast players. Mm-hmm. I was thinking just putting, like, a gallery on the blog, just putting the photos, like, on the webpage. Oh, yeah. You do that. Yeah. I haven't been, like, we really need to, like. Yeah, because, you know, we have so much time on our hands for this project. <laughs> Your dad made a comment when he was here on Saturday to help don't start out. Like, new. Do me a favor. Don't start any new projects. And like, it kind of pissed me off because... We haven't started new projects. These are all just the ongoing projects. This is like step well, one. Getting a cow. It entails making a milk room, getting a milk room, building a stanchion, building it like yeah. all of like putting These up fencing. These are all like parts and parcel it's- of the same project. And like we're having fun. Like it is a boatload of work, but yes. Well, and when actually- you stand at the fence at the end of the day and you look at what you've built and you look across the property and you look at, you know, one of the things that we had said was that the property for a long time has been under leveraged and it was our goal to make sure that we were using more of the property that we had. So when we were standing in that front pasture where we moved the ducks and there's a duck house and a fence and two garden beds, one planted with food in it, you're just kind of looking at it and it's mowed and it looks like something. You said, this is really starting to look like something. It's so rewarding. It's so fun. Like it's, it's your hard day's work and, and it's, it's going to feed the family. Sunday when we were over there, that's kind of the first time we spent much time. Most of the, most of what we've been building has been within like a softball throw of the barn. Right. Yeah. That was the first, like felt like expansion eastward. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, so that was that part of it, but like, even like looking at the shelter, like there's just the frame of the shelter. I'm like, I can't believe I like, I've built things before and I'm not like, I'm handy enough to be dangerous. I can make some stuff, but like, don't look at the finer points, but that that thing I'm actually like, it actually looks like plum and square and the posts were all set. Like this for like, 
the fence out here. I Not can't a, believe we got those posts level yeah. on that shelter. That like the post, like the the posts for the fence out here, the fence like, boards, not <laughs> even the boards, like the posts in general. Like it ain't a straight line, but those posts, I'm like, like, it's the one is like an inch or two narrower on a 144 inch run. Yeah, like like and, and like the framing looks good. I was like, this whole thing is like the probably the most professional like looking thing. So I was just like, I still, I'm like, still now, like I'm gonna go look at it as we're closing everything up and be like, like. I did that. How the hell did I do that? So, And I think we'll probably have that same sense when we um, are looking at a field full of hay or a f- field full of bales of hay. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've... I think that sentiment will be different though. It'll be like, now what do we do with all this hay? <laughs> Where are we going to put all of this and how are we going to get it there? But it was actually one thing. I mean, and the thing that's been kind of ringing in my head the last four or five days, I was watching a video, one of Curtis Stone videos last week. And I think I think I told you this. He's talking about like working on the farm because he sold everything in Kelowna and moved up to the mountains. They bought a property there and they basically built a little cabin to live in while they're building a bigger house. And they're not doing it completely themselves. They're paying some contractors to do some of that stuff. But like as far as the gardens and like all the farm stuff goes, he's doing it all himself. And he says, when I go and spend three hours developing my driveway, like putting it in, widening it, this, that, or the other, he's like, it's all my time. It's all my benefit. Mm -hmm. He says like when we're working in general in society right now like regardless of how it comes you pay a tax on it all mm-hmm. whether it's money you've made or money that or when you spend it and sometimes to the tune of 53 <gasps> percent. yeah like i mean the top tax rate by the time everything's in your bank account when you're at the top level of taxes it's 53 percent in canada they're mm-hmm. taking more than half so mm-hmm. every dollar that i make i lose half of yeah when i put chicken when i built a chicken coop and i put chickens in it i mean aside from the capital startup that you pay all the tax and everything on when i go and put my labor in growing 12 chickens and butchering them and putting them in the freezer i get 100 percent of that nobody can take any of that from mm-hmm. me so that's part of the reward i think is the like getting all of it out of it when you put all that labor into it mm-hmm. so well and then maybe even having a surplus that you have some to share Right. And, and that, I think that hits a little bit different than having your 53% taken from you versus choosing to share. Absolutely. I said this, like, I, well, I think a lot of people would be more charitable if it wasn't forced upon you. Yeah. And you'd be more pleasant about giving away, you know, 20, 30, 40% of your your income. I think by and large people are mostly benevolent. Like they, they are kind. They want to help. They want to share. Right. Yep. hundred percent. That's what I figured. But the, um, not to get too political, yeah. <laughs> but no, the, um, yeah. I, 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 and one of the fun things for us always is like when somebody comes over and we have chicken mm. and it's like, yeah, we raised and like, well, Thanksgiving, we didn't raise those turkeys, but we traded chickens for Just turkeys. Did. We traded chickens for turkeys. And then I butchered the turkey and put it on the table for you for Thanksgiving dinner last year. Yeah. Like there's something, and Easter. there's something rewarding. We the second one at Easter. We didn't butcher that one, but no. there's something rewarding about like, it's almost shocking to people. Like we raised this and we butchered it and we put it on the table. Yeah. It's nice to close that circle a little bit. Like I I think we are fortunate that more people in our circle than others, than most are familiar with what we're doing and why we're doing it. And people, I think are are people that come over for dinner for us are less. We're not having dinner parties. We don't have a lot of people over for dinner. Like when we do. It's dinner time is traumatic in our house. We don't really, <laughs> we don't really invite people over to that chaos. But people aren't like super weirded out. They're just like, oh, really? Like they're into it. Yeah. Whereas some people would be t- 
totally put off by. I said it to Erica about the the, the roosters that we brought back. I'm like, they're going to be meat. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and if you want, I'm like, I don't know how much your kids want to be a part of that process. I'm like, yeah. they're more than welcome. She said that Archer would probably have a hard time with it. But, but I said, like, I said, if you want them back, we will finish them. I'll butcher them and bring them back for you. And you guys can like, you can sit down at the table with your kids and say, these are the ones that we looked after. Yeah. And I think there's something that will go one of two ways. <laughs> <laughs> I said it to her. I said like, if you don't want it, you don't have to do it. If like, if you don't want them, whatever, like whatever you guys think is cool. I'm fine either way, but I like the idea of kids seeing that and seeing the other end of it. I think it's a good part of like mm-hmm. the circle of life. Yeah. Okay. All right, folks. See you next week. Have a good one.